Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, <laughs> gorgeous, intelligent, hardworking, best mother oh, in the world and so my wife and co-host, Michelle. Oh, thank you, honey. Hi, everybody. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. A very happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. Yes, we are recording this on Sunday, May 9th, 2021, Mother's Day of 2021. Yeah. A very special happy Mother's Day to all the Disney moms out there. You all do so much to make our lives so wonderful. Hopefully you are being treated the way you should be this week because you guys are all fantastic. Oh, I know I'm being pretty spoiled, so I... I am very lucky and thrilled. So spoiled that Michelle is doing all the work on today's episode, <laughs> just so you know. That's how I pay her off for Mother's Day. You know what, honey? It's Mother's Day. Why don't you do all the work for this week's episode? Uh, you're funny. Actually, we I did volunteer to, to try this one and try my, my hand at a, a different way of doing a park review yes well michelle is going to as always do a wonderful job well, with that when see. we get around to it <laughs> i also wanted to wish a, wish a very happy nurses week That's to true. all those wonderful nurses especially this year who've taken such good care of us have gone over and above as they do every single day and michelle is included within that oh, but so many of you out there who just right. are so very special and have helped us in so many regard and especially this crazy year yeah it's a really unique historic time in in our our planet and so yes uh, a salute to all the nurses so thank you for all you do and we all appreciate we do we, we appreciate, appreciate each other we appreciate you very much thank you f so much for all you do for us this year especially but every year every day uh we can't say how much we appreciate you and those mothers who are nurses that are out there just like <laughs> michelle uh double a special uh you know recognition for you this Ooh, week do i get so. two desserts yes there we go Extra glass of wine and right. an extra dessert yeah, for tonight. Yeah, for show, now you're so. talking. Uh, thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... We actually put out a newsletter that you can sign up for. That's true. We do put out a newsletter that's mostly just kind of the way to be a little bit closer to us, have be a little bit more in the know, a little bit more involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. And this week, I'm going to have some special things for you that you're going to get to see first on the newsletter one i'm going to tell you about right now the other one is going to you're going to have to wait and find out what it's about it has to do with this show that's coming up here very soon i'll tell you more about that in the newsletter the other thing that will be coming out this week on the newsletter and you will get to see this first is i've put together a little slideshow video of today's topic our return to disneyland uh, i'm going to have a private link for you to the youtube channel for you to check that out first before it goes out on social media media and it, it's out there for other subscribers to check out as well yeah it's great that you do that and you do great work and so you all won't want to miss this if you aren't already a subscriber and first of all thanks to those who are a subscriber to, the, to our newsletter but if you haven't clicked that uh that accept button then please do that you'll very much be happy that you're 
a Hyperion adventurer. That's right. Well, you're all <laughs> listeners are all Hyperion adventurers, but the newsletter, those of you who subscribe to the newsletter, you're just a little closer. You're just a little more involved. You just get stuff a little earlier than most everybody else. Now, what I was also going to say involved with this is that make sure if you want to get some of these things that are happening this week, be sure and sign up for the newsletter if you haven't already. Um, usually I put this out on Tuesday, somewhere middle of the day, depending on what coast you're in. It could be early in the afternoon on the West Coast, later in the afternoon on the East Coast. So if you want to be able to get this stuff this week, uh, be sure and sign up for the newsletter before that point. But whenever you sign up for the newsletter, we will have great stuff out there for you. Yeah, good point. There we That's go. It's awesome. Another way to be uh, close to us is on social media. We have a lot of fun with a lot of you out there on social media. Please follow us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast. By the way, I was looking earlier today. I think we're at 1,499 followers on on Twitter. (laughs) I'm jinxing us, but we need one more and we'll get to 1,500. But please follow us on Twitter. Uh, Also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. As I mentioned, we do have a YouTube channel. If you want to subscribe to us on YouTube, just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast podcast, hit subscribe, and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Thanks for those of you who've written this week. We always love hearing from people. Um, love hearing just the hello, how you mm-hmm. all doing and happy wishes to us. And so we want to reciprocate to you all, but thank you for, for reaching out and feel free to do that. Anytime you have a question about anything, or if you have a specific topic, any feedback for us, we love hearing from you. Yes, for sure. Uh, thank you very much. We love all the input from you and the Gmail account is a great way to be in touch with us. Another great way to be involved with us is through reviews. Reviews help us mm-hmm. in so very many ways. One, they let us know how we're doing as a show, but also uh, they're a way, you know, that there's these algorithms out there that's stuff that I don't quite understand. But when we get you better don't? reviews, no, I mean, <laughs> there's very little that I really understand. I mean, I'm sure you know that already. If you've listened to the show, you definitely know that. Uh, but there are these algorithms out there that as you get more reviews, when people are doing a search for Disney podcasts or something that is similar to what they might enjoy. Uh, The ones that get more reviews kind of pop up uh, more along those lines of searches. And so we, we appreciate every single review and we did get another review this week. Yay! Yes. And, so happy it was another five-star review which we really 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 appreciate uh this one was titled so fun i have been listening to many disney podcasts for several years and definitely have my favorites i found this one a couple of weeks ago and have gone back and listened to many episodes hopefully not some of those early episodes (laughs) i I appreciate their enthusiasm knowledge and light-hearted banter about everything disney and that has easily put them in my top three. Wow. And I look forward to listening to them every week. Top three. That's, that's pretty that's darn so good. Honored. Yes. yes thank, you. thank you. You are my Disney people. And I wish you magical continued success and happiness. Stay well, too. And that was from Haley317 from Canada. A little Yay. bit of international flair Love there. It. Thank you, Haley317, for that really, really sweet review. Yeah. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> No, but thank you so much. That was lovely. And uh, again, we're very honored and, and appreciate that that lovely feedback. Yes, that was really, really mm-hmm. sweet. And uh, just like uh, with Haley there, uh, if you give us a review, we will be happy to share them uh, on an upcoming show. As for this week's show, we have lots of stuff for you, including we learned about some guest favorite park spots on both coasts that will be reopening soon. Yay. 
We'll talk a little bit about that. And we found out a few details about what's to come during the spooky season. <laughs> uh, the, some exciting news there that yeah. we look forward to talking about as well. But let's get right to our main topic of the week. Yes, we were so excited about what happened last week, and we couldn't wait to tell you about it this week. Well, I guess we could wait a week, because that's how long <laughs> it took for us to tell you about it. But yes, it's our return to Disneyland for reopening weekend, and we'll be recapping the entire trip. And Michelle took it upon herself that she wanted to take charge of this after I did basically the last two weeks of recaps, <laughs> kind of took a hold of that. Michelle wanted to talk all about this one. So Michelle is going to lead this discussion today and looking mm. back at all the fun that we had a week ago today, as a matter of fact. Yes, yes. And um, so looking forward to sharing with you some of the things we saw, um, giving some input on things and um, our general impressions and hopefully more information that will be beneficial to you all. But it was exciting, um, you know, and we are going to look at some of the new processes that they have in place. Um, but before we get into the details of the day, I, I, I think that you and I, honey, will both agree it was a massive magical time magical and emotional i was uh, I, I i was glad i was wearing sunglasses for a good portion <laughs> of the day because there were several points that i i teared up because right. it was so wonderful to be back at the happiest place on earth after you know 14 months plus right. away and even that that 14 months point we were only there on in the february for a really short time right. expecting that we'd be coming back you know many many right. times <laughs> we just popped in for what was the disney california adventure food and wine festival at that point just to sample a few things right. so they were doing a soft opening thinking oh we'll be back in a few weeks have yeah. a great time yeah bought our lanyards yeah uh well that didn't happen so it was you know it was so great to finally be back yeah it really was so um kind of in you know we're not going to go to the, the details of this happened and then that happens kind of more casual categories. And typically, um, we wouldn't talk about parking, but I have to say that in this particular visit, we had some unique pixie dust yeah. uh, sprinkled on us for our initial entry back. Yeah. Um, totally unexpected. Right. Uh, we weren't, uh, as far as I know, this isn't happening every day. It just mm -hmm. happened for us this morning. Right. Yeah. So we were actually granted free parking. I don't know how many people were given that way or why it happened. I don't know if there was a generous person in the cars ahead of us that, that paid for several people or if Disney did this. I, you know, uh, one of my friends did go the day before and said that didn't happen. So I think we were pretty, pretty fortunate to have that experience right from the start. Yeah, we were all ready. We had, you know, our, our chase visa out ready to, to, you right. know, to go pay for our parking or $25 and yeah of course we don't really want to pay for parking because <laughs> we've, we've had annual passes for a while that included free parking well included free parking right. as we pay so much for those annual passes right. um, but you know we, so it was okay we have to pay for parking now fine we're just happy to be returning yes. uh, but then that was yes like you said that was just a wonderful little dose of pixie dust to get our mornings begun, our, begun. right so again uh, for anybody going to visit it. I don't think that's something to be expected, but I did want to, you know, share with you and all. Thank whoever, <laughs> right? Did whoever flipped the bill. Thank you very much. Exactly. So we did arrive pretty close to park opening. I'm not the the most prompt person <laughs> in the morning, uh, um, but you know they did have some temporary queuing for people who arrived there 
early at the opening and it you know it's just to accommodate the physical distancing from the parking lot to the actual gates and things so that was kind of fun and unique i think we looped around different trees and (laughs) different things in the actual parking area, not in the parking lot, but outside the parking lot where you would normally be boarding for uh, some of the um, trams and things. So that was, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Just like at uh, Walt Disney world right now, you know, they don't have the parking lot trams running. Uh, They also don't have them at Disneyland. So what you're doing is you're parking at the Mickey and friends parking garage Mm -hmm. there. Uh, going down and then you're as you're winding through this queue throughout the the uh, esplanade right there in front of the between that and the Pixar Palace parking garage you do go into where you normally would have caught the tram and that's where you go through your um, temperature screening and your security Mm -hmm. um, check through there and then you wind through and then you end up walking um, all the way to the parks through the path that would have where the trams would normally right. have run. Right. So it was interesting. The security check was more standardized from pre-COVID times compared with what we saw at Walt Disney World. So they actually did um, open up and look at bags and backpacks and things like that. So that was um interesting so just for people to be aware of that process if they've gone to Disney World it is a little bit di- different but um from there we went to Disney California Adventure Park that's where we had our our entry part of our park park hopper and and we talked about it, it was probably a, one of the best ways to keep our emotions in check because even <laughs> though true. during the day it was you know at times I, I know that even when I tried to thank cast members for being there I'd get choked up and mm-hmm. trying to get the words out but I, I at least I think going to California Adventure Park made it a little bit easier on you know getting too overly emotional at the start. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, it was just getting back there and just seeing everything, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you walk into the Esplanade there between Disney California Adventure Park and Disneyland Park. Um, It's right there. I mean, they're they're within sight of one another so easily. Um, So it's just taking all that in. But then, yeah, walking through the you know, the, the turnstiles there and getting in and walking down um, Buena Vista Street. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it was, uh, I, I, yes, I think it did keep it in check a little bit right. from, you know, because I, believe me, and we'll get into this, when we got to the actual right. Disneyland later in the afternoon, uh, my emotions went, took an, an, another level, but thank goodness, you're right, it probably was better that we broke into it slowly right. by going to right. Disney California Adventure. Exactly. You know, and just to try to give somewhat of a visual, even though this is a not a visual medium that we're going through right now, but to to try to explain to people who have never been to Disneyland Resort. So if you were to think of at Walt Disney World where the train station is and the distance between that and like where the boat ramp Mm -hmm. is from the boats that take you from the the parking um, area, that's about the distance of the entrance gates between Disneyland Resort and Disney California Adventure Park Resort. It is walkable. It is very easily walkable, you know. And so I think that's why, um, you know, park hoppers have a big attraction here in the West Coast. It's just because of that ease. I mean, before when, you know, we had the annual passes before COVID, it was pretty fluid. Sometimes we'd go back and forth multiple times. Oh, two or three times a day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, so easy. And you also, back in the day when you could use, if you had Max Pass or, you know, you could, um, you know, even if you're in the other park, you could get a fast pass for the other park. Right. If you had a park hopper, 
Uh, so you, yeah, you'd be in Disneyland and you'd make a, you know, a, a fast pass through Max Pass with, uh, for the Radiator Springs Racers right. or whatever. And then you just head over and do that. And then maybe you did one at Disneyland. You'd head back. I mean, it was a lot of walking if right. you did that, but it was something you could do if right, you so right, desired. Yeah. Right. It's not like the distances that you see at Walt Disney World between parks. This no, is pretty close. Not at all. Not right. Close. And so um, the park hopper uh, policy here at Disneyland was very similar to the one at Walt Disney World. Um, the, I think the one major difference is that you can do it earlier. It's mm -hmm. one o'clock versus two o'clock. Um, and you can also then uh, make your attempt for the virtual queue for Rise of the Resistance, which uh, earlier, and we'll talk about that a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. So I don't know if park hopping will return at Disneyland the way it was before but right now I think it does make sense with everything that's going on and in, in the reopening to to keep it where it is more like a set time of the day that it becomes available yeah I I, I made total sense to me how it worked out and I actually worked out really really well for us because yes we were kind of able to enjoy our morning over at Disney California Adventure Park get plenty of time in there and mm -hmm. then head over to Disneyland later and had a really really wonderful afternoon at Disneyland right right all right so let's just talk about attractions and kind of like um between both parks and everything uh it uh, wasn't surprising that we saw the safeguards in place that they had at Walt Disney World, you know, that they carried those throughout um, the parks here. And uh, I was really impressed and amazed at how people were extremely compliant with those social distancing markers. And, you know, maybe it's just because it's still very new, you know, here in California to have these parks open, but people were very much aware of and watching those. And, you know, kind of like if they went forward and the line stopped, they, they found their closest one and backed up. So it, you know, it was pretty impressive first of all in that regard yeah i think that on both coasts i think uh, even at walt disney world we've seen most people uh, do very well mm -hmm. with the social distancing the physical distancing over there however there has been a, I, I would say there's a there's a little bit more looseness yeah <laughs> to it over there whereas and again you're, you're probably right and it may be because it's so new for right. so many people they haven't experienced this in so long and so they are sticking to a lot of the rules here in california and they are watching the lines right. and where they're saying and they are stopping more again it wasn't perfect everywhere you know right. just like it's not perfect at walt disney world it wasn't perfect at disneyland either but i think that they were people were paying a little more attention right, to it. Yeah, more, more observant of yeah. it. So um, just in general, in terms of the amount and variety of attractions that were available to guests at both parks opening, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's some things that obviously we miss that they, they can't have shows right now right. and everything. But I thought that, you know, most of the attractions were available. Um, the one thing that you find about, you know, I, I think Disney California Adventure, especially right now before the new land opens, Avengers Campus mm -hmm. opens, that their attractions, the number of attractions they have there is pretty much on par with what you find at most parks at the Walt Disney World mm -hmm. Resort. Disneyland Park, though, has a lot of attractions right. within a small amount of space. So um, I think that kind of helped. And I'm sure we'll discuss this a little bit as far as, you know, um, getting people into various queues right. and making the mm -hmm. park maybe not seem as full as right. it really was. I don't know. But it was... Uh, I, th I thought there was plenty, plenty to do, plenty to do. Right. Exactly. I thought that they had, um, you know, a vast 
amount open, first of all. And, and I think, you know, a few obviously that couldn't open right now during the pandemic, but, and there were a couple that were being refurbished. We know that um, the Jungle Cruise is being mm -hmm. reimagined, you know, Matterhorn is going through some refurbishments and things like that. So more will come available too. But I also felt like there was a nice variety. So there were things that little, little kids could enjoy. There was, you know, the roller coaster ride. So I think they had uh, at both parks such a great blend of what would be available to, to cover any population that was coming in there, you know, whatever their likes were. So, yeah, well, I mean, we found plenty of stuff to do. And as a matter of fact, I, I don't know if you're going to touch on I this, am. but our plans changed significantly of what our, our day we expected it was going to be. Right. That's my next note here is in, in my, uh, my show notes here is that, you know, I think we've talked about it on the podcast in the past that we're not typically attraction heavy we go in we'll do some of our favorites or depending on you know what what's available easily during the day but we tend to just soak up the environment and enjoy people watching or food tasting and things like that um, but with the limited capacity here we just couldn't resist the short time frames for some of these cues that in the past, it, even ones, especially ones that wouldn't have a fast pass, that they were a much more reasonable time. Yeah, I mean, uh, at Disney California Adventure Park, as I, I mentioned, um, they have a few a good less mm -hmm. attractions than Disneyland does. Uh, so there were a few longer wait times there for some of the more popular attractions, uh, like the Radiator Springs mm -hmm. Racers, like later in the day, uh, Soren, right. Toy Story Mania was a little bit, uh, mm -hmm. you know, got a little bit longer as well. Uh, but Disneyland itself, uh, I don't think I ever saw during the day we were there anything that got over 40 minutes. Right, and right. the 40 minutes was a padded time. Yes. There were a couple times that we got into queues that were 35 minutes, and I think we were in in 10. Right. You know, but, I mean, I'm not yeah, saying that was not, every time. Right, right. But yeah. that happened a couple of times. And, you know, I think a lot of that is because, yes, it's limited capacity, but there still are so many attractions open that they can spread these people right. into the, their, their, their people eaters that they can all go into these various different queues. And, um, it, it really, really worked out well. And I think we, 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 after we got done, we counted it out right. on our drive home and compared what we did in one day at Disneyland right. and Disney California adventure to what we did the entire vacation we spent in April right. out at the Walt Disney World Resort, we did more attractions in that one day right. than we did the entire trip. Now I that know. is partially on us, the fact that we just, we don't, like you said, we don't, aren't attraction heavy. We don't tend mm -hmm. to go if we see a queue that's going to be 45 minutes or more, unless it's an attraction we really, really desperately want right. to do, we tend to be like, yeah, that's okay. There's plenty of other good stuff for us to do. Right. We don't need to wait 45 minutes for whatever ride exactly. that is. Um, and so we'll tend to skip that a lot of times. And that just we, we just didn't run into that at Disneyland. Right, right. Well, even at Disney California Adventure, I think we lucked out um, being there early. So if somebody is planning a trip uh there that we got onto soaring very quickly um and then same thing with toy story mania we we were it was almost a walk on mm -hmm. for that but like you said as soon as that that one ride was you know we went through it when we checked again it was a much longer queue so time for people to actually you know get into the park and it was a Sunday. So sometimes, um, we have seen in the past people arrive there later anyways, but, um, and I know that you, you, you clocked our walking distance and I think we did, um, 
pretty significant amount of walking too. Right? We did like twenty six thousand steps in yeah. a day, you know, <laughs> or something like that. Something. You I know, think you you were saying what a like lot. a fifteen k or tw- or twenty k. Yeah, it came out to a, it was it was a. I think it was a, it was more than a 15 K. I know that, right. you know, that yeah. we, we ended up doing yes. as far as how many miles we ended up walking. <laughs> so that's, that's more than nine miles of walking right. during the day. And part of that was, and this is going to get into part of my tip later on. Part of that is we had to walk at least, I think it was at least a mile from the parking garage to the parks and then right. back from the parks to the parking garage. True, so. true. You know, and I think that maybe as people arrive later in the day that the, um, that, congestion at the beginning is probably minimized so that you don't have to go through you know the loops because I think even when well of course we left at the end of the day but um it it just seems like that's because there's so many people coming at the opening that they have to come up with a way to keep the the separation in place so if you were to probably arrive there at 10 30 11 you probably wouldn't go through all those queues the same way right yeah you well you you it depends, yeah. but yeah, I, I, we it definitely as people showed up later on, I'm sure it was a much quicker right um, walk to the spot for right, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but you know, sticking on with attractions, there were actually some new things that have happened since uh, the closure for over 400 days, and the first one I want to talk about is Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, now, first of all, part of that is just the logistics of the attraction because the um, stretching room was actually designed to lower people to another level, like a giant elevator. Um, and that was where it brought you to where you would board the, the dune buggies. Um, so the fact that we weren't all being moved to the dead center of the room and going through that stretching room part, they did have to come up with another pathway, another way to get people actually to the, boarding location. What were your thoughts on how they managed that? I, I actually thought it was really fascinating and I, I would be curious to know if it's if it's this way all the time, but it's kind of, it, we, we, we got taken to kind of a secret side right. staircase that goes down and then they have a lot of different um, knickknacks and everything kind of lining the walls. They have uh, some of the portraits of the people that you see in the stretching room right. lining the walls as well. And one thing we that we saw throughout this trip to Disneyland is that, and that's because of the California regulations right now, is that they're trying to limit your time inside. Right. Um, so a lot of the queues were outside. And then once you reached where you would be inside any building or inside any queue or mm-hmm. even in the building, you pretty much zipped from there on in right. because they wanted you to move briskly through that, not sure. wait for a long time in any part of that. And that included here, once you got into the, the hallway within the Haunted Mansion, you pretty much zipped all their way to your 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 right. doom buggy right um, and it was really interesting and again there were some there was things like they had like if you've ever seen like downton abbey and you know there's those bells that right. they ring depending on which place they're, right. they're calling which the room? servants uh-huh. to um there was like a line of bells there like for the the gracie manor right. there as far right. as you know and just a few other things that were really fascinating and i'd love to know if they are there all the time for those people that for whatever reason need to be escorted in mm-hmm. or escorted out through that, or if they just really went in and, and put on this, the extra show right. for this, knowing that people were going to have to be going through this staircase instead of the normal stretching room way. Sure. Well, I mean, uh, in the Disney park blogs, 
uh, even months ago had reported that there were going to be some hauntingly new features and, you know, some of the uh, things that when I was researching this, you know, that they did bring back some things that were um, in the original or, or improvements of some of the things that were in the original walkway uh, in the haunted mansion. And, you know, some of the things that were there, they added some technology to. I mean, we were noticing when we were walking down the, that, the main hallway just before you get into the doom buggy, the different type of um, pictures they the portraits, had and yeah. portraits and lighting and things like that, that they had added to that, that, you know, um, that you got to appreciate as you were going into um, this in a different way. So I, I think you're right that some of this was a little bit, um, new for this, but I do think they had some things that maybe were in the background, whether it was kind of like storage or, th or right. you know, rotating things through and whatever. So um, yeah, I also thought in the attraction itself, you could tell that they had taken some time and uh, maybe freshened up some paint and everything. Everything seemed a little more luminescent right. than it had in the past. Like they, they really put a gleam on it. They took all that time that Disneyland was closed right. and, and put a little shine on all the different elements in, in many attractions, but definitely uh, within the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, it made things more noticeable. Mm -hmm. Things that you might just walk by and not take take a that catch your attention it was much more so in that regard i think we noticed like a like a new portrait that we'd never seen before within the attraction itself uh, right when, when you're in your doom buggy that i'm like i don't think we, that wasn't there in the past i don't remember ever seeing that before right well there was uh an original portrait that was taken out in, you know earlier in the this decade or the, actually i think i read that it was yeah around mid 2000s um but anyways uh it was something that would go from uh, a woman that was right. young and then to where she was just a skeleton. And that was uh, one of kind of one of the, you know, early, early portraits that were in there, but the, the way the technology had developed, it made it look so choppy that they mm -hmm. took it out. And so now with newer technology, they refurbished that and were able to provide that. So yeah. it's kind of a, you know, a nod to the original attraction. Yeah, that's not the one I was talking about, oh, but we did okay. see that one as mm -hmm. well. And that we did, I remember seeing it and saying, oh yeah, that one's back. And yeah, yeah I love, I, I love the, uh, the transformations on the portraits as you're right. heading towards your doom buggy. And that was one that we'd been missing and it's good to see it back. Right. For sure. I mean, one of the things on the outside that they added was a pet cemetery. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like a graveyard area that really showcased uh, the dearly departed pets. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cute that they added that. So um, anyways, I thought all in all, the Honda Mansion was a was a great uplifting time to go through yeah. it and see all those changes. Yeah. Uh, High Mansion. That was the one that I was telling you about. We, we got in line for 35 minutes. We're like, okay, if it's 35 minutes, the way they've been doing this was, you know, with the, the kind of a cushion, a padding there, it's going to be 25 or 30 minutes probably. Right. And it was like 10. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, I think that that, that cue measures the people who can't go down the stairs and you have to go through a different pathway mm -hmm. for another type of elevator to take you down there. So I think probably that line is the one that they're counting the time gotcha. frame for the posted cue. So. 
Um, another exciting new thing was the reimagined Snow White attraction. Yes, that's so. Snow White's Enchanted Wish. Right, right. So it went from the Snow White's scary adventure to, as you said, Snow White's uh, Enchanted Wish. I know we were excited to be able to check that out finally. What were your impressions? Well, first of all, I want to say it's the first time that the, the Snow White attraction has had a queue that has been around 25 to right. 30 minutes, <laughs> which is what it was, which was still very reasonable for right. something that's brand new and people want to check out. Um, and I thought it was magnificent. Mm-hmm. I love what they did. It's bright. It's brilliant. It's um, it's sweet. I thought it's wonderful. I thought it was a fantastic refurbishment of this attraction. And I'm just going to say it. Uh, again, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, right. Snow White's Enchanted Wish. Look, I love the the roller coaster aspect, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, but I'll take the Enchanted Wish any day. I yeah. I, I think it's it's really well done. The projections that right. they've added just it, they it just gleams. It's I, I've talked about this a lot. How everything's right. gleaming. Um, this one really especially has a, a brilliant shine to it, and I just I loved going through it. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. Um, it it doesn't have that roller coaster aspect. It, it is just one of the original kind of dark rides, kind of like you think of, you know, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride or something like that. Um, but I agree with you. I think from start to finish, it does a better job at storytelling and it flows. Whereas that's, I think, would have been my thing with the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is it it seems a little choppy at times of how they tell that story. Whereas in uh, Snow White's Enchanted Wish, to me personally, it was like telling the story of the book from, you know, very fluid and very smooth and it was cute, right? you know, and I think anybody can appreciate it. And it, and it did have, like you said, the gleaming, it had more, you know, of the technology effects to make it uh, much more modern. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was perfectly done. And again, a lot of this has to do with the fact that you know, if you go to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and you're not there at Rope Drop, you're probably waiting a good 60, right. 70 minutes for this attraction. Uh, you know, And yes, we waited longer than we normally would for the Snow White attraction uh, within Disneyland, right. but it wasn't anything quite that length. You know, yet the ride is about the same amount of time. It's one thing I have a problem with the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And while I love it and enjoy it, right. and done it many times, it's it's a short, it's a it's a long wait for a right. relatively short attraction. Um, it felt more, I don't know, equitable uh, for true. the Enchanted Wish. Uh, what I'll say. That's true. So my mom and I were talking about you know Disney parks and attractions, and you know how to have that balance where you keep it reminiscent of things you've known all along and experienced and you don't want to see changed, but at the same time, keeping it fresh. And that's what this did. It kept the historical components of that, you know, early traditional kind of ride that a Disney park would have, but it was modernized and it made it more exciting. Right. And it just, it's just, it has more of a positive feel to it than the, I mean, the scary yeah. adventure could be a little, especially the end scene, you know, where they're attacking the witch at the end right. of it, you know, it can be a little frightening for children. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought this was just more vibrant and, and, and beautiful. And yeah, like you said, the storytelling is really, really right. and well it just done. Really focused on, on her and Prince Charming. Right. And, you know, so, all right. All right. So let's go on to rise of the resistance, which is something that uh, we love forever you know 
we love, and yet we had not done it at Disneyland <laughs> to this point. We've done it, I believe it was prior to this, four times at the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, this was our, we were trying for our first opportunity right. to get Rise of the Resistance actually at Disneyland. Because remember, it had only opened, I want to say it was about two and a half months before the park closed right. down. That's how long it had been open. We had been to Disneyland a couple of times and we thought about it, but we're like, yeah, because this was when you had to actually be there in right. the park to get it. And, you know, we're not clo we're super close. It takes us a while to get there. And so we're like, you know, we'll we'll have plenty of times right. to visit Disneyland <laughs> one of these days. And as a matter of fact, I think the week after we got off our cruise, you know, when all everything went crazy, right. we were planning on spending the night being up there with family, right. visiting yeah, Disneyland had, with them. Yeah, we had reservations. Yep, everything. Taking yes. them to there. And that was going to be, okay, this is going to be our day where we're going right. to do Rise of the Resistance. We'll get every, the whole family up. We'll get in the park. We'll all get Rise of the Resistance, yes. hopefully. And, you know, they, they'll because they hadn't even experienced Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at that point either. So, right. I know, obviously, that all went sideways. Um, so, yes, this was <laughs> going to be our Yay. first opportunity on the West Coast. Right, right. So the ride itself is, is identical to you know, pretty much to the one at, at Walt Disney World. Um, so just wanting to look at the process, first of all, of getting, uh, you know, a boarding pass on that virtual queue. It is similar to Walt Disney World quite a bit, actually, but there are some differences. So um, very much like Disney World, your first opportunity is at 7 a.m. If you have a reservation at Disney, which Batuu is at Disneyland, right. not at Disney California Adventure. So um, if you have your park hopper or one day pass to Disneyland, you have that opportunity at 7 a.m. As long as your park reservation is for, for Disneyland, Disneyland first. Right. Yes. Uh, to try to get into that virtual queue. Same kind of thing. You use the app and, you know, go fast, hope for the best and things like that. The difference that's really cool here, and again, I think it's just because of the ability to park hop so easily, is that if you have a park hopper pass or if you didn't get into the first booking mm -hmm. at noon you can go to the app and try to get a boarding pass um, so making it a little earlier and again you could do it if Disneyland wasn't your original park hopper uh, entry point right so, or if you, like you said, if you didn't have it already, if you, if you tried right. at 7 a.m., weren't successful, yeah, you were still in Disneyland Park, you could try it. Well, you didn't have to be in Disneyland, but you had a reservation or a park hopper for Disneyland Park. You right. Could, you could try at noon again. Yes. So, um, fortunately, uh, we were able to snag what, what did they call it? The backup group? It was the, like yeah, that. something like that. Backup um, boarding group. Backup boarding like group. We can't promise you and we can't actually even tell you, you know, estimated time right. of when you might get on. But at least you have something that maybe if it all works out, you'll be able to get on. Right, right. And and we weren't really holding out hope being that it was called that. And I think when we were first, before we got a boarding pass, you can see what groups are boarding and it looked in the morning like it was i don't know if they had some downtime but it, it didn't look like the, the didn't groups. look like it was moving briskly in the yeah, morning yeah. yeah so we were like oh wow uh the the unique difference that um we saw and maybe it was just how we were doing the app or something maybe it was user error but we couldn't seem to find what once we had our boarding pass we couldn't see what groups were boarding Right. On the app. I think that and it's hard to say, but I would believe that if you got a regular boarding group, that it would still it would appear there what groups were boarding. When you had the backup boarding group, 
it didn't show up there. Now, I don't know if that's right. true or not because we didn't have a regular one, but um, everything else looked the same as what you get when you do Rise of the Resistance at Walt Disney World. Right. Um, we just didn't know. So we would have to, every once in a while, you know, head over. Not that we it was difficult for us to go over to Batu to right. Black Spire Outpost, because <laughs> we, we hang out around there often. Um, but we just kind of would wander over there and go look at the board where it right. said the boarding groups. I think there's some other places in the parks as well that you could find that out. But sure. yeah, we would rather go and find out right. within Black Spire Outpost. Yes. So uh, we would go over there and peek and say, well, how far are they? And at one point in the day, it's like, hey, Maybe we can. Yes. <laughs> it's not that far away. It's a possibility. Right. But, you know, with this much time left for the parks to be open. That's another thing that weighed into this. If the park was open till 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. or sure. whatever, it would seem like we have more time there. But since the park is closing at 7 p.m., right. that, you're like, okay, that's a lot to get in before 7 p.m. Right. Exactly. But lo and behold, some more pixie dust came our way and we were able to get on at Disneyland for the first time, as you said, on Rise of the Resistance. And it was amazing. As it always is. Uh, yes. We got in about an hour before park closed, right about almost exactly 6 p.m. Right. Uh, is when we got into it. Uh, we had stopped there for uh, dinner uh, over from uh Ronto Roasters mm -hmm. and enjoyed that. Um, and one thing is different when from Rise at Disneyland. As I told you, they're trying to limit your time indoors in spaces. And unfortunately, and this is too bad for all those who have this is their first time experiencing Rise of the Resistance. But I guess something to look forward to is mm -hmm. there's that first room where you go into where right. there's spoiler alert for those of you who have never been and don't want to know. Um, there's the hologram, the Ray hologram right. and BB-8s in there. Trying and they get your briefing. Right. And you're explaining what the mission is going to be. Um, but they did take you into the shuttle ride, right. which uh, we discussed it afterwards. If there's one of those, because again, trying to limit your time together in, in, mm -hmm. in closed spaces. If there's one of those you had to skip, they probably picked the right one, which is the briefing because the shuttle ride, it feels like another part of the attraction, even though it's really kind of more pre-show than anything right. else. Well, in the shuttle ride, they, you know, as if you've been on the one at Walt Disney World, they have put up the partition, the plexiglass partitions mm -hmm. too. So your your party is together and, and, you know, somewhat enclosed together, whereas at the briefing room, you're just all together. Right. So um, I think that was probably too why they were able to let you have that part, even though it was indoors right but the good news is for those of you who uh right now even though the ride the ride's still fantastic even without that first part of the pre-show right um with the briefing room uh those of you who get to experience it now you get to experience a great part of the ride how exciting it is mm -hmm. all the wonderful little things and then eventually you're going to get this other part that can be like this make it even right. better for yes. you so exactly something to look forward something to in to the look future yeah. that's right so um so, I mean, all in all, I think, you know, we did a lot of the other attractions that we would typically, you know, do and see at both Disney California Adventure Park and at Disneyland. Anything attraction-wise that, that we didn't cover that you thought, oh, this is a highlight or an important <laughs> thing? or Peter Pan's flight in, like, with only a 10 to 15 minute yes. wait was amazing. <laughs> like right. Never. We thought it was exciting when I think we got like a 25 to 30 minute wait at Walt Disney World. That's why we, we went out of our way to do it when we were there this one night. Right. Um, this was, this is the shortest I think we've ever waited outside of like when it's been like, I think we did it at the, um, very merry. Right. And we, it was that near the end of the yes. evening and it had that been raining great. all day yes. and it opened up and we were basically walk on. But as far as a regular day, right. um, 10, 15 minute wait for 
uh, for Peter Pan's flight is uh, is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, it, for some reason, uh, and I know maybe I have biases, it just seemed better. I mean, we had just seen the one at Walt Disney World a uh, couple weeks beforehand. And I don't know if it was something going on with the soundtrack at the one at Disney World. This one I felt had more... Uh, interactive sound, not interactive, but the interactive with the character sound. Yeah, I mean, I was one of the thing I'm going to say about the attractions is the fact that you know, even though Disneyland was closed for 14 months, and that's almost devastating. It really is devastating and really tough for mm -hmm. the cast members, for Disney itself, right. for all the businesses around there. But you know, Disney did jump on this and take advantage of it, and they did. As I mentioned, the gleam, mm -hmm. they put a lot of shine. They, they've, you know, freshened up a lot of things. They were able to, you know, get things working. They, right. they took this time where they couldn't have any guests in the park and used them to their advantage right. to True. make the attractions um, just shine a little more, you know? And, right. I, and I, th I think that's what, at least that's the way I felt. Maybe it was just emotion. Maybe it was just the emotion of being back there to me that made them feel like they shined more. Right. right. Um, but I, th that just way they, the way they seem to me. And I think you agree. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. So, all right, let's move on to entertainment. Okay. And entertainment options, as you know, we've said, and what we've seen at the other parks is that, you know, Crowd gathering entertainment wasn't going to be uh, a possibility, but um, they did have some of the mini parades like we've seen at uh, Walt Disney World. Um, but there was also some other offerings that I thought stood out here that that made it a little more unique and mainly with um, the character mm -hmm. greetings. Uh, and obviously, you know, like at Walt Disney World, you can't go up and hug or touch the characters. Yeah, physically distance greetings. Right. So. But I don't know. To me it felt closer. You felt, I felt like we were a little bit closer to them. You could actually have conversations, mm -hmm. um, you know, with that, those that do. Well, talk. even Nick wild was there and he had a handler that was right. Helping navigate through some of the conversations and things like that. And, uh, I just felt like that, that was really cool. We spoke mm -hmm. with Snow White quite a bit. Um, and I really... Goofy. Remember yeah. Goofy? We were, we were on oh, the, the, the second story of the double-decker bus, which is one of our favorite ways to go down Main right. Street, USA, um, by the way. Um, and he was up on the train station. So yes. we were like almost level with him because right. we were up in the upper deck. And while we were waiting for the bus to depart, yeah, we had yeah. some fun interaction with right, him. Right, yeah. right. He definitely could hear us and, you know, was reacting to, to some of the things. And um, I just felt like a good, and we had a really nice conversation with the Black Panther. Oh, yeah, that's true. You and, know, uh, Dormelage. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, even though you couldn't actually get that close, you could do selfies kind of things with them. But I really felt that they did an amazingly impressive job to have that interaction with the guest. Mm -hmm that I don't think I really saw as much. And maybe just because we weren't looking for that or it wasn't as readily available as we see it here at Disneyland. But I thought that was a real plus. I think, for one thing, I think that because of the fact that they weren't, I mean, yes, there were some characters doing some sort of stuff, you know, um, but there weren't, there weren't the regular cavalcades right. that are going on at Walt Disney World at all the parks. Uh, so the fact is how they're getting more characters involved is placing them at these locations throughout where right. you can take selfies. Um, the lines for most of them were fairly short, right. if, if non-existent in some, you know, you just walk right up, right, to the, right. not wide, uh, right up to the characters, but, but right yeah. up within physical distancing right. from the characters and, and stay for some time because yeah. there weren't these long lines for them as well and have conversations. Right. 
you know, as at whatever they were. And um, it was just really enjoyable. We took many, many pictures with many, many characters uh, yeah, throughout yeah. the time we were there. Right. I mean, and I think, you know, again, kudos to the the guests that were there, even when there was a line, people seemed to be respectful not to, you know, prolong, but, but still have time to interact with the, with the characters. And so it was, to me, that was very special and very magical that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, we loved, we, we, so many characters that we went up to uh, others that we saw, uh, that we didn't quite go up to where we just appreciated that they were there. Right. And it was, it was just a good time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Any other entertainment type things that stood out for you? No, I did like that. They had the, you know, Marvel characters on stage there for you to get pictures with. We saw, we didn't get to take the picture with him because we were going, I think we went to uh, Mickey's Philhar magic. Mm -hmm. And we, by the time we came out, they had changed characters, but captain America was on that stage. And then we went out and actually it was wonderful. Like you said, exchange with black Panther, uh, which was a lot of fun. And we got a great selfie with him in the door Milaje. And that, that was all, that was great. Right. Uh, Very much, you know, building the excitement for what's to come for, because we could, we could, that was one of the things we had lots of peaks. We couldn't quite see in there, but we could peek over and around, around some of the walls there into Avengers campus, right. which is coming very soon. Yes. Here. Um, the excitement is really, really building for this new Marvel land. For right. Sure. Definitely. You know, and at Disneyland, when we say stage, you can really pretty much, I mean, you could actually go up to the stage and the characters were, you know, maybe two or three feet back there. I mean, not that anybody would, but it is much more um, intimate at Disneyland where the stages are set up that you can be closer to the action. Right. And I feel Disneyland in the past, even before has done a much better job of having characters available for you to get photos with sometimes with decent cues, sometimes right. with not, but, and sometimes roaming characters. I mean, we can't do that really right now. Right. Uh, but in the past, I always felt Disneyland did a better job with their character interactions sure. than maybe Walt Disney world does. Not that they, not that Walt Disney worlds are bad, just that Disneyland was better. Right. Right. Yes, exactly. So you wouldn't have to plan them out as much and get a fast pass or you know, right. go into this building and wait in a queue or whatever. They'd just be around. Sure. Yeah. Let's, I mean, I know I'm using this word over and over, but I just feel intimate is mm-hmm. what captures Disneyland's the Disneyland's always been more of the intimate part. Right, right. So. You know, Walt Disney World is the great vacation right. destination. It's grandeur. Disneyland and is more of an intimate experience. Right. In our opinion. Yes, All right, let's move on to dining. Mm -hmm. All right, we love eating. (laughs) Hungry right now. I know, I know. So, um, you know, let's first talk about the one of the things that because our park hoppers started at Disney California Adventure Park, and this is something that I uh, we had researched beforehand. I think because most people do plan to go to Disneyland first, the breakfast offerings at Disney California Adventure Park are not as extensive limited yeah Yeah. they're very limited really your only real choice is um starbucks has has a a restaurant there with mobile ordering and they do have some breakfast fare um or churros which is the breakfast (laughs) of champions right especially at disneyland (laughs) right far better churro is at disneyland yeah yeah so um I think that that's something to consider if you are going to Disney California Adventure Park first is to understand at least right now, and I'm sure things will be continue to open more and more, but right now your breakfast offerings are, are going to be less than at Disneyland. And so 
plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the restaurants open at 11. There's a couple things that are at 1030. Um, but again, that's pretty, it's pretty minimal. I mm-hmm. think it's one of the cozy cone places has some I think you can get mac and cheese at 1030 maybe, but most everything else opens at 11. So, you know, making that planned so that you're, you know, not starving (laughs) till lunchtime there. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, whether you get there a little earlier and hit something at downtown Disney uh, or just, you know, you know, make sure you have some food before you go in. Right. um, So you're ready to go if you don't want to wait or if, you know, if you're not. Uh, wanting you to have a churro as right. your, your breakfast. Yeah, exactly. So I, I we like what we saw a lot of other people did go for that first bite of corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing, as soon as it opened, we had uh, gone to Award Wieners, a mobile ordering app, uh, through the app, ordered uh, our first corn dog in over a year. Mm-hmm. And that was fun to do that. I don't know. What was your thoughts? Oh, you know, the Disneyland corn dogs are the best. <laughs> they are. I, I mean, I like corn dogs just fine, but it, it's hard to get them anyplace else and them to be on the same quality as the right. hand dipped yes. Disneyland corn dogs. They're so good. And right. we, 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 knowing we had lunch reservation planned for not that far after that, we just split one just because right. we wanted to have one. And it was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, if anybody has an opportunity, I think the one, for some reason, I think the ones at Disneyland is a little bit better, um, but we were going to be eating a lot of other food at Disneyland, so we figured we should do the corn dog at California Adventure Park, but... All right. The next thing is we had lunch, as you said, lunch reservations. We lucked out on those early secret reservations that I somehow happened upon, which yes. I, I think was a glitch, but it allowed it and it stuck. And it, we really did have uh, lunch reservations at the Lamplight Lounge, which is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. It has such great touches of the Pixar films. I'm hopeful that in the future they incorporate soul. I think that would be a great, uh, however they could do that in this restaurant would be a great addition and definitely fit the, you know, the feel that it has. Yeah. Well, all the dining is outdoor and actually all the dining everywhere right now at Disneyland is outdoor. I don't think there was any place that was open where you could dine inside i mean there were some places we saw a couple people inside yeah, but as far as sit inside there, there weren't so. it wasn't like a regular thing where people were dining inside it was mostly everything was outside and that included the lamplight lounge they weren't doing any seating inside it was right. automatically outside uh, a lot of the pixar touches are more in the inner part and in mm-hmm. the restaurant in inside restaurant part which is it actually is fascinating to go in there and, and look at all the little um memorabilia and stuff uh, from the Pixar films that are throughout there. So maybe once we can get back inside and check it out, right. uh, maybe they've added some of the soul stuff as yeah. well. And onward or for that me- matter. Menu. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe menu, maybe music. I mean, this restaurant is kind of unique. Um, so it has, first of all, it has two outdoor seating areas, which they were using both. One is a higher level and you're actually kind of uh, able to look out like which is where we were able to see you know the the midway area we got to see Incredicoasters and the whole Pixar Pier area yeah the yeah. whole Pixar Pier area it's really kind of a great uh, people watching area or just attraction watching area uh, and then they the their other outdoor seating is, is a lower level area um, that is that is outdoor and it has um, different type of seating some of the ones we've enjoyed there is they have that um, you know, kind of the high top tables with the fireplaces mm-hmm. in the middle, and fire pit, yeah. fire pit in the middle, you know? Um, so, and then 
what wasn't, like you said, what wasn't available right now was the indoor seating, which is, you know, kind of a loungy look to mm-hmm. it, but with this great memorabilia from Pixar movies or, you know, not necessarily because those are cartoons, but <laughs> <laughs> artwork, etc. <Right. laughs> yes, a lot of sketches and some other pieces of different things and some photos from when they went on location, destinations right. and yes, stuff. So. Um, kind of get an idea of like places like for up and everything in South America, right. things like that. There's yeah. a lot of kind of all sorts of interesting things, even just going to the restrooms right. there and some of the stuff that's like, they have quotes from the movies that right. are kind of sketched on the walls. Right. Are, Little cartoon cool. drawings yeah. on the walls and things mm-hmm. too. So, you know, like um, we saw with all of the restaurants and even at Walt Disney world, the uh, menu selections were reduced compared to the past but fortunately and we knew this going in that lobster nachos was on the menu and that was the dish for us mm-hmm. so yeah we got it again so long since we've had the lobster nachos at lamplight lounge so a couple cocktails right couple, couple umbrella drinks mm-hmm. and lobster nachos and looking out at the uh, mickey wheel and the credit coaster and all the pixar pier and it's just it's just a great way to spend uh, an hour or so during the day. Right. And they do, you know, they do have, you know, a well-stocked bar there. So even though they have like their own specialty drink menu when you, you know, arrive that they give you that, um, you can go off the menu and ask because we did, you know, get something that was off the menu. Yeah, just a simple yeah. Mai Tai right. because we, 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 that's kind of what we drink there for whatever reason. We've right. always gotten Mai Tais there. And so we were looking forward to having Mai Tais again. And that's what we have. But if you want like a gin and tonic or right. something yeah, else, something they can else. whip yeah. one of those up for you right. really easily. Yeah. So if you, you know, just to give you that kind of as a freebie tip, if you ever mm-hmm. see that there's not what's hitting your your palate at that moment in their drink selection is you could go to mm-hmm. ask for some other options as exactly. well exactly so um the other thing I, we did at california adventure park is we did go to ghirardelli's am i saying that right Ger- yeah ghirardelli's um and got a malt mm-hmm. uh in retrospect i think um the shakes at flows diner flows flows v8 diner are superior yeah <laughs> and you know they're good. They're good at the Ghirardelli. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as just a shake, and it looks like they have some, you know, really excellent sundaes. Yeah, there, but, I think that would have been something um, we could have considered. Or just plain ice cream. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think well, Flo's does really well with their shakes. Um, so I, right. you know, it's one of the things they specialize in. Yeah. Their shakes. And so. I, well, I would definitely go there. Right. But the rest of the food, all the rest of the food we ate was at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And I think one of, um, at least my favorites, I I think you would agree, was getting Ronto wraps. Yes. Always, always love the (laughs) Ronto wraps. (laughs) Definitely love the Ronto wraps. Right. And one of the menu selections they have here, it's not at... um, I think it is now. I saw the the monorails, you know, from the Morning Monorail podcast. They were just there and they posted that they have the... Um, the one you're talking oh, about okay. now. So it's, I think it's there now. Okay. Well, that's awesome news. Yeah. So it's, it's a plant-based, uh, Ronto wrap. And so what made it more unique, um, from what was offered before only as a plant-based, it wasn't really just a salad in a pita bread. It was a plant-based sausage. Um, they did have a kimchi slaw on mm. it, which was fabulous great flavor just Mm -hmm. enough heat you know i'm not one to go overboard with heat and i just 
loved, loved, loved it. And yeah. I think you tried it too, right? I tried it too. It was delicious. Um, I would happily order it for myself yeah. um, as well. I mean, I got the regular Ronto wrap just mm-hmm. because I'm a traditional kind of guy, <laughs> um, which was is always spectacular. But uh, I really loved it. The bite that I took out of yours, I, I thought yeah. it, it really was well balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does have some heat on it. So just be prepared for that. Um, I think it was right on that edge for you. If it had been any right. spicier, it might have been tough for yeah. you. Um, but it really, it was, it was so fantastic, delicious. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, would highly recommend that. And it's not like um, I am vegetarian or vegan or plant-based only, but I do like to try some of these options at times or, you know, try to, you know, when you're eating a corn dog have less guilt by saying, Oh, let me try something plant-based right. later. Although I have to say <laughs> some know. of these, some of these plant-based sausages or whatever, yeah, they so sound bad. like you're not doing the, you're, you're, it's guilt-free, right. but really there's to get them to taste as good as they do. Right. Eh, there's so a little bad. fat in there. So <laughs> just be prepared for that. Agreed. Um, and I think the other thing, you know, we, some of the, our favorite foods that we like we couldn't leave without trying. And one of those other things was from uh, Red Rose Tavern, which is the Enchanted Cauliflower uh, Sandwich. Now, this sandwich is, um, if, you, if you've never tried a cauliflower sandwich, it may sound bizarro and not appealing, but this is. And again, I love meat, so it's not like I'm just looking for these kind of plant-based menu items but this you know you have a nice toasted bun you have it's a grilled uh cauliflower cauliflower steak steak, you know and so it's kind of like the thickness of a burger more or less it's got some aioli on there Mm -hmm. again not too much heat lettuce tomato lettuce tomatoes yeah and it is just phenomenal yeah, I miss the I miss the old style of it where they had also like the tempura green beans right, on there too. Yes. But it's still pretty darn good just the way it is right now. Right, right. So uh, I think the funny thing was that we had eaten eaten so much food that by the time we ordered that, we're like, okay, we really we would just be stuffing ourselves. So we ended up being able to enjoy it at home. Right. So. Which is, it's funny because this is how desperate we were to get some of these favorite <laughs> meals that we love from Disneyland that we haven't been able to have in 14 plus months is that we're like, okay, well, yes, we're full, but we're still going to order more food and just bring it home with right. us, you know, and, and then eat it. I think we ate it the next night, actually. Yeah, like we, yeah. we just got home and we're like, we'll just have some dessert and a glass of wine once we got done driving home right glass of wine some dessert and then we'll eat it the next day and that's what we did and still enjoyed it right it was still having that little memory of our Mm -hmm. our prior day at the park so um any food items that you miss that we didn't get a chance to try or something you're looking forward to in the future um i like you mentioned the shakes from flows Mm -hmm. um i think are always really good uh it's hard to say i think we hit up almost everything we wanted i mean i think there were some specialty things that some you know we didn't get to jolly holiday to have their special there which is the grilled cheese and tomato soup which we love as well and then uh, a lot of times they have some pastries that mm-hmm. are fascinating and fun. Um, we didn't; they didn't have our the gingerbread man. At least we right. can tell we were trying to look in there and see, but there was a line to go in the shops as the day was wrapping up, and we we're like, we don't need to wait in that line. So, a few things that we didn't get to experience this time, but right. you know, we, we're going to be there in just a few weeks again. So yeah, maybe we'll true. pick up a couple of these things when we go. Right. I mean, there's you know some of the um, you know table service type things that we didn't 
you know, really take time because we knew this was going to be one of those days that we just wanted uh, to try several different things. So, you know, I, I think looking forward to Carthay Circle doing, mm-hmm. you know, their outdoor seating their menu looks really fabulous um you know and even over at disneyland you know some of the um the dining i know they don't have all of it but they have most of the the outdoor dining areas mm-hmm. uh, available that looking forward to try those yep. as well yep hopefully we'll get uh, back we only have one day on the books right now but right. maybe there'll be a couple more days that'll pop up later in the year that we get to go back yeah so, yeah. so all right so um that's all about food, unless there's something else that you think I missed. Nope, that's pretty good. All right. So uh, not really planning to say too much about the crowds. Um, you know, it is only at 25%. Um, and you've already brought up how, you know, the, the what, you know, what we call people eaters, the shows that people go into a building and, you know, that wasn't there. But even without that, it still didn't feel like crowded I mean it it didn't feel like we were like sometimes when we've been in the past especially during holiday season where you're just feeling like you're barely making it through line you know through the areas and and things like that what were your thoughts um and definitely never felt crowded anywhere Disney California Adventure a little bit more we saw a few more people walking around there again fewer attractions there to kind of uh take up people and put them in queues uh so it felt a little more crowded there but still nothing compared to Mm -hmm. what we've seen at other times uh Disneyland itself seemed uh, and outside of where there were actual queues, because you have to queue up outside of these attractions, right. out into some of the you know the pathways and streets or whatever, um, there you know it seemed a little bit there, but for the most part, we were walking through areas that seemed very very empty to me right. compared to what we're used to, especially at Disneyland itself. Right. I think Tomorrowland caught my eye. It, you know, some of it is because you know, like right now, there's a couple things that aren't open, but where Star Tours is. Typically, that area was always super congested because, one, it would have uh, uh, an area that was filled with strollers. And then in that same area, they would have seating just for people waiting for, uh, you know, with, for other people or whatever. Because there's bathroom areas mm-hmm. in there. And it usually is just so crowded there. Yeah, they have to direct people often to right. go on this side if you're going this way or you go on this side exactly. if you're going the other way. Because it gets so uh, get so packed in that space. Right. Yeah. And so that to me was like, wow, that, that area was easy to walk through, you know, so that, that was kind of cool. So, yeah, yeah. I agreed. Completely. All right. Let's talk about some of the emotional things. <laughs> it was all of it. I, was uh, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, you know, just when you got out of the parking or actually through the security and you saw the welcome back mm-hmm sign um that was obviously something very touching um for us uh and for me you kind of alluded to it when we first went into disneyland in the afternoon taking the double decker bus down um you know something that we always in the past loved and truly missed that it's just it's one of those things it's just such a simple little pleasure that just can touch your heart Mm -hmm. but what were some of the things that you know really captured you for the fields um yeah the first time we walked through the turnstiles and just went down Buena Vista Street there Mm -hmm. I mean that was you know just feeling like we're back you know that was that was part of it um, then just going on our first attraction, which ended up being Soren, right. you know, which Soren to me, you know, isn't like this, 
it's not like the haunted mansion or whatever. It's not one of these classic attractions that, well, I enjoy it. It's right. not one of those things that I, but it was just like, we're on an attraction at Disneyland right. again, you know? Yes. So I get, you know, and seeing Patrick over there giving our flight instructions, right, you know, right. this, uh, there was just something about that. Um, you know, going, getting to Pixar Pier and seeing the Mickey wheel and all of that yes. and Cars Land and, um, because Cars Land is a very special place that, right. uh, is very, you know, it's, it's only here on the West coast. It's that, a, it's a, it's so immersive. Yeah. There's no other. I, well, other than like at Universal with Harry Potter mm-hmm. area, this is it's it's so immersive. It's pretty good. It's, something, it's, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's as good as Harry Potter, but that's so immersive. But it's right. pretty good. Yeah, Batu too. Um, mm-hmm. really really good. Um, but this, if you want to plop yourself right in the middle of a movie. It's by one of the best places you're yes. going to find it at a yeah. Disney park that that we visited anyway. Um, and Disneyland itself, I mean, you know, getting in there, the train station, the sign that welcomes you, you know, to the land right. of fantasy tomorrow and beyond. Um, so good. Um, Walt's lamp still being lit. Yes. was lit the whole time the park was closed. It's still lit up in his apartment, still ready to go. The castle at the end, I know people will talk about it, you know, it's the teeny castle and it, it is, is the teeny castle, it is. but it's still the castle. It yeah. is the original castle. It's Sleeping Beauty Castle. Right. And it um, really struck home uh, with me getting to see it. And it was, it, it was just as shiny and beautiful as I remember it. And right, it was right. Just well, like, stuff like yeah. that. Well, like you're saying, um, we're, with everything having a little bit more gleam to it, uh, it is the tinier castle. Um, they, they seem to really over the past, I would say the past probably like five years maybe have done so much to highlight it differently. I, and I can't really explain it, but whether it's the use of colors and, you know, obviously there's the force perspective component of it, but they really do have a way of making it seem so much more attractive than, you know, ever before at mm-hmm. least. It's great. It's beautiful. I I love it. You you know, those of you who haven't experienced it, and even some of you have may complain about it being the tiny castle and it is, is. but it's, it's, it's still, it's my home castle and I will always be in love with Sleeping Beauty Castle. Right. Right. I think once like having had the experience of only seeing Cinderella Castle forever and Mm -hmm. then coming here for the first time, it was like a kind of a shock. Yeah. uh, I don't want to say let down, but it was just like, you know. It's something you have to prepare for. Yeah. You have to know that that's what it's going to be. Right. But it, just enjoy it for what it is. Right. And once you have that mindset and realize that and realize the history behind it and everything, you know, and the fact that it does actually have a drawbridge. It is a real drawbridge, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or in a moat and things like that. It, it's just then you can appreciate the fun behind it. For sure. So, yeah. yeah. Any surprises for you? <laughs> How, how short the wait times were at Disneyland. Yes. I'm just not used to that at Disneyland itself. I mean, Disneyland was always the more crowded park right. of the two. And Disney California Adventure Park, not that they don't have lines for some of the attractions that were always long. Um, it, it just is rare at Disneyland to have such short wait times for some of the bigger Space Mountain, um, Haunted Mansion. Right. You know, Big Thunder was like only, it was like five minutes all yes. day almost. Right. It was like crazy. You know, it's like, um, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run, you yes. know, where like when we went on it, it was five minute wait time. Right. I mean, right. It's just, you just don't run into those things unless you go at rope drop for a lot right. of these attractions. And yet it was going on all day there. That was surprising. I know. Yeah, that, that, you're right about that because that's still, they're doing where it's just one family going in at a time. And we were able to, like you said, just walk. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we're, 
briskly walking through the long queue. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, kind of comical and stuff. So, yeah. Anything that you would recommend on like how to approach it? Like if you were to do it different, would you do it differently? Um, I just would have been prepared that we're going to be an attraction heavy day. It was mm-hmm. not what I was expecting, you know, right. so that, that is, if, if you're, and this is possibly going to change as the capacities change. But right now, if you're planning on going, uh, in these next couple of weeks, or at least while mm-hmm. it's still at this capacity and you're going to Disneyland, especially, um, Disneyland park, uh, expect that you can get, like, you could do every single attraction in a day and it wouldn't be difficult at all right which is right. just a rarity at disneyland because yeah. they have so many of them i mean and obviously there are a few that are closed but uh, right now you could do all of them and multiple times because the uh, the wait times sure. are that short even though they some some say they're 30 minutes or whatever most of them aren't um you can and even that is like wow it's only 30 minutes for space mountain it's right. crazy yeah yeah so. exactly yeah i think the only thing that i would recommend is well first of all if you really only want to spend, you know, not to spend the additional money on a park hopper, then I could see you doing, you know, just Disneyland. Mm -hmm. You could have your, like you said, you could get everything done. And yes, you could get everything done in a short time, but you could also take your time and do from, you know, like nine or 10 till closing, like at, you know, six or seven o'clock have get, so much in and really get to enjoy it and not be too worn out right. either, you know. And if you're going to do a park hopper, I would say start at Disneyland, um, kind of get all that experience and then go to Disney California and kind of just uh, on a lower key end your your trip there. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on what you wanted to do. I love the way we did it. I thought it mm-hmm. worked out perfectly the way we did it. We got California Adventure. We went early, so we could get on some of these attractions True. that had some of the queues that were longer uh, and, you know, get them before they got too long and right. get on them. Uh, and launch at Lamplight Lounge, everything else like that. And then we went over to Disneyland and we were able to go ride, 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 you know, that's which a good was point. It kind of worked out well for us. So maybe that's more, I, I you know, it's what's best for you. Right, um, right. But I, I actually think that you, you don't need to necessarily park hop right mm-hmm. now. Right. Um, I would suggest doing one park and just being, and, and just going all day and having a great time. And the days right. are even short. I mean, it's 9 a.m. to 7 a, uh, seven p.m. Right. That's that's not a long day to be at the parks, really. Um, right. To, from rope drop to, well, you know, close. True. Uh, and so you can, you know, really have a good time there and, and um, get right. a lot done. Right. Especially in a month once they over, open up. Um, you know, Avengers campus. And then, you know, just like you said, do one full day at Disneyland and one full day at Disney California Adventure Park. Good point. Yeah. So anything I didn't cover that you think. No, I think we covered everything. (laughs) Was it too detailed? No, actually, I think this is important because people haven't, not a lot of people, even to this point, even though it's been open for a little over a week now, have been to Disneyland yet. There's plenty of people that still have trips planned in the near future. So it's good for them to know these things. All right. So anyways, ta-da, that was our look. Great job. <laughs> at our reopening visit, our visit for the reopening of Disneyland yes. Resort. Michelle, great job as well. always. Michelle always does the best trip recaps. <laughs> Even though I, I handled the last couple, Michelle does a much better job I don't job know than I about do, so. that. This may have been a little bit too detailed. No, that but was good. Anyway. So, so uh, that is a uh, look back at our return to Disneyland for reopening weekend.
All right, that was so much fun. By the way, if you have any questions, if you're planning a trip to Disneyland and want to know anything about our experience that we could possibly help you with, please hit us up either through social media mm-hmm. or our Gmail account. Sure. We'd be happy to answer them for you. Again, great job, Michelle, with wow. that recap. Thank now, you. we are running long because there was a lot to talk about, so let's briefly get through these Disney stories of the week as quickly as we possibly can. Right, I'm going to start with we learned about some guest favorite park spots on both coast that will be reopening soon this is from the disney parks blog get ready to enjoy some summer fun at the disneyland resort as we continue the phased opening of the hotels of the disneyland resort we are thrilled to announce that disney's paradise pier will reopen and welcome back guests starting on june 15th of 2021 with limited capacity Mm -hmm. it's good that they're getting another disney hotel right exactly uh, also, guests can look forward to the return of some favorite dining locations, mm-hmm. including the Napa Rose and Storytellers Cafe, uh, starting on May 28th, 2021 at Disney's Grand California Hotel and Spa. So some more options for right. those of you who are staying either at the Disney's Grand California right. or Paradise Pier uh, to have places to eat. Now, they're not going to have restaurants open at Paradise Pier right now. So if you're going to be uh, staying there, you're going to want to head over to, well, you can head to downtown Disney right. or the parks. Park of course but if you're looking to just go to a resort they will allow you to go into the grand californian mm-hmm. to uh, get some food from uh the uh, gch craftsman bar and grill the hearthstone lodge mm-hmm. storytellers cafe napa rose whatever right Right. So. so definitely cool stuff there. Uh, also, they are allowing that uh, there are going to be some places where you can get a QR code and they will actually deliver food to the lobby for you if you're staying on those nice. locations, including from downtown Disney. So some other ways to get some food there. Uh, also staying on the West Coast, uh, also opening up out here soon. And this is actually from the Disney food blog, although I saw it um, on various different uh websites uh, that Disneyland has announced that the Alfresco tasting terrace will reopen on May 20th of 2021. (laughs) It's another one of our favorite spots we'd like to get to. Now you may remember that the Alfresco tasting terrace was turned into a pass holder only experience, a pass holder exclusive experience. And they're going to kind of stay with that because now it's going to transition into a legacy pass holder Uh, exclusive experience so for those of you like us who are legacy disneyland pass holders uh you will have your access if you'd like to go to the alfresco tasting terrace to try out some of the small plates the disney family wines that we love so much and uh, the specialty cocktails as well yeah so thrilled to hear that was happening yeah so good uh moving to the east coast again with they've there's some favorite spots that are opening there as well again from the disney parks blog starting on may 16th Chef Mickey's will offer an all-you-care-to-enjoy family-style dinner that will include nice. no-touch appearances like snapping a selfie or waving hello with Mickey Mouse and some of his favorite pals as they make surprising appearances throughout there. So that's cool that Chef Mickey's is opening again right. for, a, dis- for provide, a dinner experience. Right, I was yeah. going to say, providing some more di- di- dinner or evening dining Yeah, options. and character experiences. Again, yeah. different way, but it's right. good that that's there for you. Also, if you ever dream of escaping to the beach and enjoying all the delicious food of an oceanside town, you'll be happy to know that Cape May Cafe at Disney's Beach Club Resort reopens on May 18th. Uh, so that's great as well. Now yes. it's going to be a little different there as well. 
Uh, you'll find uh, some of the old favorites and new changes uh, with its signature service and quality. The restaurant will serve breakfast and dinner, but Minnie's Beach Bash Character Breakfast and the Seafood and More Dinner Buffet will not be reopening, at least as of right now. Right. So uh, you can still get some wonderful Cape May food mm-hmm. there, uh, but it's not exactly what you got in the past. Right, so just right. know that going in. Uh, finally, the guest favorite character a dining location at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park, Tusker House Restaurant, will reopen at some point this summer. They didn't give it an actual date, but they're letting you know that that is coming. Uh, so just be prepared for that, and you'll be able to enjoy the flavors of Africa and photos of Donald Duck and friends all dressed in their safari best once that yeah, reopens. So, so that's cool. Yeah. So uh, moving on to another story, staying at the Walt Disney World Resort, we learned about a few new things that are coming to the place where dreams come true for the spooky season. (laughs) Uh, Again, from the Disney Parks blog, this Halloween season, a special event is brewing at Magic Kingdom Park. Float on over to Disney After Hours Boo Bash for a special three-hour event that begins when the park closes. It's going to be ghostly good time with party music, decorations, and character cavalcades galore. Guests young and old and immortal can dress in costume for the occasion and get their fill of Halloween candy, exclusive culinary offerings, spooktacular entertainment, favorite attractions, and more. And that will be running from select nights uh, from August 10th through Halloween itself, October 31st. So it's not Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, but it's, you know, it's, it's something. It's, it's the light version of that. Yes. It's something, which is is good. We'll start, again, another baby step back. Right, exactly, and get to being costume and everything that's awesome yeah so that's fun so we're looking forward to that as well and finally uh one more exciting story came out of disney's halfway to halloween announcements that they put out there on friday and this actually i got this from deadline.com this halloween the muppets will have tricks and treats in store as disney plus unveils muppets haunted mansion Yeah. Yes. Hashtag save the Muppets. That's right. Uh, the Muppets first ever Halloween special Muppets Haunted Mansion will feature the Muppets cast, celebrity celebrity cameos and new music and spooky amusement for families to enjoy later this fall. Muppets Haunted Mansion will take place on Halloween night when Gonzo is challenged to spend one night <laughs> in the Haunted Mansion. Mm. So that's fun. I'm looking forward to yeah. that. Love more Muppets content. Right. And it's my favorite classic at attraction right. so this is you, you tie those two things together and Sweet. i'm completely all in i'm yes, pretty sure you are definitely as well. looking forward to it yeah so that's it for the disney stories of the week however we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation and we always start with michelle one because she's wonderful awesome she does the best <laughs> trip recaps she also has the very best tip so all let's get right. to it here is michelle's tip of the week well you're so sweet thank you uh my tip has to do with disney cruise line i mean we're talking a little bit more and more as the wish is going to be start taking on reservations so wanted to kind of re- regroup with that topic and talking about if you're traveling with uh babies All right. And some of the conveniences that you don't have to pack that could be available to you. So, for example, uh, bottle warmers and sterilizers, they're actually on the prohibited list for the cruise. So it's always good if you're going to take a Disney cruise 
to check on what's prohibited. Um, but they do have some available for free on a first come first serve basis. The tip here for that in particular would be as soon as you board, go to guest services mm -hmm. and, and make your request for that. Um, some other amenities that they have available is um, they have uh, complimentary diaper disposal units that you could have for your room, uh, as well as cribs and play pens, of course. Um, complimentary strollers are available through guest services on the Disney cruise ship and at Castaway Key, uh, which is Disney's private island. They have complimentary wagons available. And the other thing I found interesting is um, they have fresh pureed vegetables that can be prepared in the main dining room uh, or through room service upon request. So some, some things that if you are traveling with babies that can make things a little bit easier for you as well. Um, they said you can bring baby food and formula, uh, as, but put it in your carry-on items and they have to be pre-packaged, unopened, and don't require like food preparation in a kitchen to, yeah. in order to serve it. So there you go. If you are traveling on a Disney cruise with a baby, you don't have to pack and lug around all these extras. They will have them available for you. That's important stuff because uh, people are always wondering what they need to bring, especially for the really, really, right. really tiny ones. Exactly. Uh, and that's good knowledge for sure. And more, yeah. more than anything else, you know, um, just ask. If, they, if, if you have questions about it, contact somebody from Disney Cruise Line. Call them up. Um, there's sometimes some chat options out there. Um, just ask them or right. and do some studying. And, and there's also, the, of course, the Plan Disney site uh, where there's people right. who specialize That's in answering those kind of questions. Go there, ask them, and they'd be happy to help you out so you know you, you, you are in the know uh, when you get on board your Disney Cruise. Right. Once Thanks. we can get back to Disney Cruising, which right. we're very much looking forward to. So. Exactly. Michelle's tip, always the best <laughs> tip. Uh, my tip this week, really quick, and we just talked about going to Disneyland and how much we walked at the Disneyland Resort, yes. and a good portion of that was from the parking garage to the parks <laughs> and from the parks back to the parking garage. I would say you know, the total between those two walking times was at least a mile right. uh, between that. And some of you, you know, may not want to walk that far to begin your day, or especially near the end of your day when you've already walked around right. the parks. Maybe the little ones are getting worn out or whatever. The good news is that what you could do is how send one person back, dad, mom, whatever, with the other the other parents stay with the kids, right. whatever, and they go get the car, then go meet you over on Harbor Boulevard at the other entrance That's into the true. park, and you know wait there and have them come around and pick you up because look the kids can wear out, okay, so right. or you could be worn out yourself. Yes. Um, one way to do this is either drop them off when you get there and then you go park the car or you go get the car and pick them up right. there at the end of the day. And that can just save a little sure. time, uh, a little bit more on your legs and maybe there'll be a little less crabbiness, right. especially at the end of the day. <laughs> also know that when you go there and you park in the garage, uh, when you get into where they normally do the trams, the parking trams when they were running, uh, if you want to you know, rent a, a wheelchair or a stroller or right. whatever. They are all located within that spot right. there. You that's go through you go through the temperature check and then they have a location there right next to that true. with cash registers and everything set up so you can rent those strollers, you can rent those wheelchairs, whatever you may need. Right, right uh, and, away. And right away. That way you don't have to wait till you get to the park, you know, and go all that distance to sure. get there. Good so point. another thing just Very to keep in mind. Very good tip. Thank you. So uh, that's it for this week. Next week, we'll be continuing our series counting down to the 50th 
25th birthday celebration of the Walt Disney World Resort. And once again, I'm putting Michelle in charge of another episode (laughs) because she's going to bring her outstanding research to the podcast as we look back at some of the important moments in the history of the place where dreams come true. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be talking about Disney's land. Yes. Ooh, very good. So for some some hopefully some special unknowns cool yeah so if you haven't listened to it already go back to sometime last month when we did the first chapter of this we're going to do one every single month in this series until we get to october 1st and uh, the actual birthday celebration for the walt disney world resort and michelle always does a great job with her research so this will be a lot of fun and i get to let her take over the podcast (laughs) once again which is always easier for me anyway so we appreciate that you joined us today in the future you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts however the very best place to find us is on our own website hyperionadventurespodcast.com and while you're there take the time to sign up for the newsletter there's some special things coming this week yep a couple extra things coming this week it's just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world another way is to follow us on social media we're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast Facebook Instagram and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast we have a YouTube channel Hopefully you're subscribed there, but if you're not, just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast, hit subscribe, and you'll know whenever we have a new video for you. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. And we do love hearing from you, whether it's through our Gmail or our review, and we also really appreciate it if you tell a friend about our podcast. Yes, that's the easiest way uh, for people to get to know about this show. But that's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.